Hi, this is Janine. You're listening to Get the Funk Out right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Standing by to join us is author Catherine Perlman, and she's here to talk about her latest book, Ignore It, How Selectively Looking the Other Way Can Decrease Behavior Problems and Increase Parenting Satisfaction. So for all you parents out there, I'm sure you can relate to this one. Kids have an uncanny knack for knowing the exact combination of actions necessary to drive their siblings and parents to their knees. Whether they delight in asking why ad nauseum, relish the hysteria they can provoke in their sister with an imperceptible glance, or thrill at the nightly pre-bath chase, our kids know how to push our limits, or as I call push my buttons. Faced with similar scenarios, many parents will resort to yelling or giving in, but it turns out these responses only make this irritating behavior worse. That's why leading parenting expert Catherine Perlman suggests a seemingly unconventional yet remarkably effective approach, how selectively looking the other way can decrease behavior problems and increase parenting satisfaction. Catherine Perlman draws on her own experience with her children and the success stories of her clients and demonstrates how selectively ignoring not only relieves parents from nagging, but also allows kids to actually learn from their mistakes. In this easy-to-navigate guidebook, Readers can learn how to eliminate problem behavior in just a few days, what behaviors are appropriate to ignore, and what to do when ignoring is not an option, how to use timeouts effectively so they don't become a battle of wills, how to create a reward system that actually works, and what to do when mom and dad are not on the same page when it comes to discipline. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show author Catherine Perlman. Hi, Catherine. Hi. I was so intrigued by your book, and I thought, where was she years ago when my little one used to bite me in the butt and yell, here's Brucie, and I'd give her a timeout, and it wouldn't work. (laughs) Everyone, every parent has one of those stories. Oh, yeah. It was not fun. So what inspired you to write this book, Ignore It? So I'm a family coach, and I've been helping people with parenting problems for 10 more years, Um, and no matter what parent calls me in for what problem, it doesn't matter what it is, there was always one piece of advice I was always giving, and that was to ignore it. So they would say, what should I do when my kid gets up at a timeout? And I would say, ignore it. What should I do when my kid says a curse? Ignore it. What should I do when my kid is pushing my buttons? Ignore it. And then suddenly I realized, like, this one piece of advice, even though it's so simple, it's a huge game changer, and it really needs to be more of a focus in parenting instead of, like, just an afterthought, like, here's how I can help you get your kid to eat, but also ignore it. Um, So I decided I needed to write this all down, and that's where the book came from. Uh, The only thing I kind of gasp at is, like, if I hear my kid say the F-bomb, I I know I'm going to have to not ignore it. (laughs) Right. That is actually a really hard one for many parents. And the thing is, if you have a four-year-old that's saying the F-bomb because they heard it by accident, and you say something, don't say that, well, they're just going to continue to say it because they don't even know what it means, but they're like, wow, this gets a great reaction. I'm just going to keep going for it. Even if they get in trouble, it's still motivating. And then for a teenager, it's even more so. Like, they want to push our buttons because we won't let them stay out late or we won't let them use the car or whatever it may be. And so sometimes just pushing our buttons and getting us angry is what they're looking for. So they throw the F-bomb down, and then we react. So even though it goes against human nature, the best way to get rid of it is to ignore it. Wow. Do you think they still have respect for us when, when we ignore them? Totally, because the thing is we're not really ignoring. So the, what the book teaches is 
you're selectively ignoring. You have to still listen, and as yeah. soon as the F-bomb stops, you re-engage. Yes. So they are so quickly they learn that that behavior is not a way to get your attention oh, or to get something that they want. I get and it. That if they actually want something, they're going to have to communicate in, in a different way. So they know exactly what they're doing. And so when you don't respond, they're like, huh, there's no fun in that. I might as well not do it. It's like you're not giving them any fuel for the fire. Exactly. If it's not effective, kids won't do it. Why would they throw a tantrum on the floor and kick and scream for a half an hour if it didn't get them an extra television show or it didn't get them a cake pop or whatever it may yeah. be? It's yeah. not effective. They won't do it. So um, that's behind all of the behaviors that the behavior works. So mm-hmm. they continue with it. I guess it keeps us sane when we ignore it. Yes. Well, that's actually the biggest benefit for parents. Aside from that the behavior is improving, parents feel better. They mm-hmm. feel better because, number one, they're not admonishing every minute detail. And then some of those annoying behaviors, even when they happen, they don't bother us as much. They don't get under our skin. We're like, yep, I'm ignoring that. I'm, I'm fine. Right. You know? So why, so why shouldn't parents negotiate with their kids? So negotiating, whenever someone negotiates, parents are like, well, we all win. You know, it's a compromise. And I think, no, actually, your kid's winning and you're losing. And the reason is that it, unless you want your kid to negotiate for absolutely everything, you say eat your dinner and they say, can I just eat the meat and not the potatoes? Or, you know, it's bedtime, can I just have one more story? Mm-hmm. Everything will turn into a negotiation. And so... Um, even when parents compromise, they think, oh, no, you can't watch a whole show, but you can watch one YouTube video. The kid's like, okay, so I'll watch one YouTube video. Yeah. So it's still a win for the kid. Anything is a win. And then it just furthers the idea that negotiation is the way to go. And it's, negotiation is tiring. Sometimes parents just want to say no and it be no, or they want to say it's time for bedtime and it's bedtime. Yes. And it's not. When you start negotiating, your kid will become a master negotiator, and they will negotiate for everything. It's exhausting. <laughs> it's exhausting. And, you know, t- honestly, like, the bottom line for me is that, you know, there's so many things in parenting we can't control. Like, I can't control when my kids get the stomach virus. I can't control half days with school. But I can control behavior. And the behavior that's bringing us down, a lot of that can be, you know, removed. And then we can actually enjoy our time with our kids more. Like, that's mm-hmm. the bottom line. I feel like this could be like a great role-playing workshop where you teach parents how to deal with situations because, you know, they need to see it right in front of them. So one of the things I try to do is give a lot of scenarios in the book from like two-year-olds to high school kids because everyone has a slightly different scenario. And once you read 10, 15 scenarios, you can kind of see how it can work in a different kind of scenario. But I agree with you. I feel like you know, you think, okay, well, that works for cursing, but what do I do for timeout? Or what do I do when we're online at Starbucks? Or what do I do when I'm at grandma's house? So it does take a lot of, you know, thinking through different scenarios. The principles are the same, but how we, you know, do it does change for scenario to scenario. I mean, obviously, if you're out and your younger one or your older one hits the other one, you, you can't ignore it. Right. So there's certain things we never ignore. And when someone is getting hurt, either if our kid has real pain, like not crocodile tears, but they're really upset about something, we never ignore that. And we never ignore something where someone else is getting hurt. You know, that's not okay. Um, And, you know, same thing if the kids are doing, um, you know, I've been in the supermarket where kids are tearing things off the shelves and the parents are like, oblivious that kind of ignoring not okay no no when it affects somebody else we have to jump in there absolutely so parents have to know when to discern how to discern when it's appropriate to ignore versus stepping in that's kind of tough at times isn't it 
Well, the good news is most annoying behaviors or attention-seeking behaviors can be ignored. Mm-hmm. The things that can't be ignored are actually much smaller. I mean, there's lots of things we don't ignore about our kids. We talk to them about their day and all these, you know, lots of things. But there's certain behaviors like whining, complaining, negotiating, tantrums, pushing buttons, all of that can universally be ignored. So you say it's time for bed, but why? The whining starts and, you know, they keep going on with it. All of that gets ignored, and then they'll realize there's no point. I might as well just go to bed. Right. Did you find there were certain things that really got under your skin and you were like, you know, just breathe, you know? And what kind of things were really highlighted for you that you thought, i got to share this? So for me, um, when I say no and then I get a why and I give an answer and then I get a but why, uh. <laughs> <laughs> that, and, and then all of a sudden I'm like giving my third reason why and then I'm like, what am I doing? No, it's no. Right. Um, and negotiating also is something. And then the last thing for me was just annoying noises and, you know, kids – Tapping pencils, making silly sounds, but doing it on purpose to get under our skin, you know, that did get under my skin. And then the kids would see like, oh, that's terrific. Let me annoy my mother. Yes. Um, So those for me were the major ones. My kids are older now, but, you know, for sure when my kids were in the tantrum stages at two and three, ignoring those tantrums, my son especially had very long ones. Um, and I would ignore it, and and they passed very quickly because they would. There was no point. They weren't going to get anything else from it, and they were just like, well, we might as well not throw this tantrum, right? Um, and get attention in a better way. Yeah, you know what's really hard I find for a parent is they work really hard, they get the dinner ready, and then they get to the dinner table and there's drama. Mm-hmm. What do we do? Like what kind of drama? Well, you know, maybe the kid refuses to eat, or they're they're just being difficult, although I tend to say, well, maybe they're tired or try to get to the bottom of it. Um, But have you experienced different situations of drama at the dinner table or, you know, stress? Yeah. So a huge area is not wanting to eat what's provided. So um, there are a lot of dinners are ruined by the constant, I don't want to eat this. Do I have to eat this? Why did you make me this? I said I wanted spaghetti with meatballs and you cut the meatballs. And, you know, I mean, (laughs) it's like not in the right shape. And, you know, it's, it's all a control game. And I spend some time on that. I think that, you know, parents have to do a reasonable job about providing some food that kids eat every meal, some foods that are new foods that they may not eat. And then they have to break off the power struggle because the kids are constantly trying to see what they can get out of eating or what else they can have. And I can't even tell you how many times I've seen parents say no, 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 and then they're like, fine, do you want a piece of toast? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, yeah. you just gave in. Of course she's going to keep on with that. Or they don't eat any dinner, and then an hour later they're giving snacks because they're still hungry. Right. So I just am like, wow, you just reinforce that behavior. I guarantee you're going to see that tomorrow at dinner, too. So um, I think there's a lot of that drama. And I think a lot of times parents and kids, because we're so busy now and there's a lot of nighttime activities, that we are not used to sitting at the table and having conversations without any kind of device for 30 minutes. Like, believe it or not, it's very hard for parents and children to not look at their iPhones, iPads, or TV and to just have conversation. So I encourage parents, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it doesn't go well, just keep at it. (laughs) It'll it'll get better. I agree. I agree completely. So being a parent, I, I have two kids. They're older now. The theme of my show is get the funk out. So 
there's a lot of ups and downs. It's very stressful. Do you find there are things you do to keep calm that you might give as advice to the listeners? Yeah, I mean, I think not engage, not feeling like you have to discipline everything is it takes a huge weight off of parents' shoulders. Mm-hmm. You know, we think that we have to change behavior and actively do something to improve our kids at all times. And I think that really wears us very thin. So I think ignoring some of the annoying and attention-seeking behaviors and really engaging with positive reinforcement can take some of that weight off. And I also think parents need to give themselves a break sometimes. Oh, yes. You know, they're like, I have no TV rule Monday through Friday. And then they're sick as a dog for the third day. And (laughs) they're not functioning. And they're like, I need to make a home-cooked dinner. And I'm like, put the TV on. Like, no one is not going to college because they watched some television before dinner when mom was sick. Exactly. So I think we've gone so far with this extreme parenting where we have to be on and perfect all the time. And I think it's ridiculous. I think I'm my happiest as a parent when I'm doing what's right for me and my family and, you know, not worrying so much about what's happening at my neighbor's house. I agree. That's great advice. I think it's a balance. I remember when my kids were little, the dining room table was always filled with colored paper, markers, crayons, and crafts. Like, 24-7, mm-hmm. we had mm-hmm. this. And there was a balance with TV, but they always gravitated towards doing the crafts and creating, and I thought that was really good to just have that balance. So if there's one takeaway message from your book, what would you like that to be? <laughs> Besides ignore it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say um, probably to not put so much pressure on yourself when you're out in public. Yeah. And because I think a lot of times our – children act up when they know that we're, you know, online at Target and we're most likely to give in and, you know, to feel comfortable letting them have a tantrum in the supermarket or saying no at Starbucks and not worrying so much about, you know, the people looking on. You're the one taking your kid at home and you're the one that's going to be dealing with that behavior for the, you know, the next 18 years. So, um, you know, again, parent your way and ignore all of the annoying and attention-seeking behaviors. I love it. So where can people find out more about you? So they can find me at thefamilycoach.com. They can find me on Facebook and Twitter at The Family Coach. And uh, my book will be available August 8th, uh, anywhere books are sold. Perfect. Congratulations. It's a great book. Thank you so much. I love chatting with you. Thanks, Catherine. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was Catherine Perlman calling in to talk about her latest book that's coming out called Ignore It, How Selectively Looking the Other Way Can Decrease Behavior Problems and Increase Parenting Satisfaction. If you missed any part of this, all the info will be up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org, and I am on Twitter at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. Thanks for listening to Get the Funk Out right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.